Hey friends, welcome back to Fearless Fridays where I share short excerpts from fearless, ordinary women of the Bible who dare to do extraordinary things. This is my second Bible study and you can purchase it at AngelaDonatio.com or anywhere you find books. You can also download a free chapter on Priscilla at my website, AngelaDonatio.com. Here I'll take you behind the scenes on some of my adventures and ministry experiences and the things that God is saying to me throughout the week. I'll also introduce you to some of my fearless friends who are making their life matter for the kingdom. Today we meet Rahab. I'm so challenged by her courage. It's so much easier just to blend in with the crowd than to stand up for what is right. Let's get to know this amazing woman who stood out and dared to do extraordinary things because of her faith. I sat mere feet from the only structure that remained in Israel when the walls of Jericho collapsed. As the brutal noonday sun beat across my face, and let me tell you, it was hot. One simple fact arrested my thoughts. A house built strategically against the town walls stood when the walls fell. Yet even more incredulous, one woman, under the intense heat of pressure and her back against the wall, refused to bow to fear. Rahab wanted out of this place. She devised a plan not out of selfishness, but out of authentic faith. The sign of her willingness and complete cooperation was a scarlet cord hanging conspicuously in her window. No matter how strong the enemy looked on the outside, her faith remained intact on the outside. Our past doesn't have to paralyze our future. You can get out from under anything that's trying to bury you. When you encounter Christ, you are freed from the identity put on you by the world. Rahab beautifully demonstrates how God intersects our story with grace. Rahab brushed her long chestnut brown hair and pulled it taut at the nape of her neck. She tied it firmly with a crimson ribbon of fabric and felt her shoulders twinge from holding so much tension. Her hands dropped heavy into her lap as her frame exhaled deeply. She closed her eyes and allowed herself to imagine what it might be like to be somewhere else, any place where she mattered. She couldn't remember the last time she wasn't tired. It was hard enough to be trapped inside a city where no one could move in or out, but she knew it was her own choices that entombed her most. She pressed her hand against the door built against the city wall. So close yet impossible, she thought with resignation. She longed for a fresh start and wondered if a conversation she overheard just days before might hold the answer. We must remain vigilant. We have enough supplies to last through a siege, even if it goes on for a couple of months, she heard them say. With what the Israelites have done to our neighbors, we can't risk them infiltrating our city. And after their escape through the Red Sea, who knows what could happen? The band stays. No one goes in, no one goes out. The tremor in the men's voices exposed their fear, but something inside of her leapt at the possibilities. Could this be her chance for a clean slate? Who was this improbable heroine? Although some Jewish and Christian writers have tried to assert that Rahab was an innkeeper, the Hebrew Zanah is translated prostitute. She was at the bottom of the social ladder and considered less than human. Yet God knew something about her that no one else recognized. Rahab, a Gentile, stood poised to receive both the Israelite people and their God. Moses, the great deliverer, was dead. 
He led the people to the edge of the promised land, but a new leader, Joshua, carried the charge to lead them in. A military genius, he detained the people at Shittim in the plains of Moab. They halted at the last camping place east of the Jordan River, just three hours from the crossing place where Joshua sent two spies ahead to ascertain the task. They openly declared to the Edomites and the Moabites living in the region around them that they were seeking a settlement in Canaan. The kings of Sihon and Og refused to allow them safe passageway and were quickly defeated. As the knowledge of their conquest gained traction throughout the area, the king of Jericho prepared for a siege. This large, fortified city sat a mere eight miles from the Jordan River. As fear clenched its grip on Jericho, the king restricted any movement in or out of the city. Joshua secretly sent two spies to investigate the land, especially Jericho, the most important Canaanite fortress city in the Jordan Valley. This stronghold was a critical conquest for the Israelites and a principal seat of idol worship. The people inside Jericho's walls engaged in vile, degrading behavior, including child sacrifice to honor Ashtaroth, the goddess of the moon, and Ra, the Egyptian sun god. As our story unfolds in Joshua chapter 2, verse 1, the stakes couldn't be higher for either side. It says, so they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. All right, let's just park right here for a moment and address the obvious. Why would the spies stop here? Well, three theories emerge. They anonymously sought prostitution. Hmm, possible, but highly unlikely, considering they represented Joshua on an urgent mission with spiritual ramifications. Second, they hunted for a place where they could visit without suspicion. Bearing in mind Rahab's profession, male visitors wouldn't raise any eyebrows. Or, perhaps they chose this site for its strategic advantages. Ideally located as part of the city wall, it provided a swift escape route. It's here, in a wicked city under condemnation, that God marvelously interrupted Rahab's story with grace. At first glance, it seems like anything but an ideal circumstance to come to faith, but God isn't limited by walls of any kind. She was part of a corrupt culture, but she leveraged a critical asset. She used what she overheard. News of the Israelite exploits spread like wildfire throughout the city. She believed it was too late for her city, but now the God she heard about stood at her front door in the form of two spies. Not only was she observant, she was prepared for this unexpected divine encounter. With a pull of a thousand distractions and a terrified city against her, she was a determined woman on a mission, and her grit intersected God's grace. Perceptive, intelligent, and well-informed, Rahab seized the moment presented to her and saw her opportunity to get out. She didn't want to be a part of this culture anymore. She knew that to stay meant certain death. She ached for a life without shame, without stigma, and without shackles. So with laser focus, she embraced the window given to her to become a follower of Yahweh by welcoming them into her home. Look at her words in verse 8 through 11. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. 
When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Her cause wasn't just the promise of a new life, it was truth. It was her faith in God that enabled her to be fearless. She rose above the inordinate pressure, putting herself and her family in grave danger to assist the spies. Her belief in God became the impetus for action. She could see Israel conquering Jericho. I love how the commentator Barnes describes it. The same news that terrifies the leadership and the people of Jericho inspires her to faith and conversion. Her faith was ready. All it needed was an opportunity. She remained calm and composed while she dared to brave the fury of the king and her people. Everyone heard about the miracles surrounding the Israelites, but only Rahab believed. The proof is in the passage. Look at verse 9. I know the Lord has given you the land. This is her revelation that it's already done. Verse 11. The Lord your God is God in heaven and on the earth below. This is her confession that she has already decided. The book of James paints a powerful picture of faith in action, and he includes our girl Rahab in his description of what it looks like to operate in faith. James 2, verse 14 through 26. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, well, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. And here's our critical verse. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Bottom line, faith acts, fear makes excuses. Rahab didn't just believe from a distance, she opened the front door. Because she was willing to stand up against impossible odds to do the right thing, she was considered righteous by God. She traded her bruised identity for a bold beginning. The world branded her by a painful past, but God believed in her potential. Listen, faith sharpens our discernment and clarifies our vision. When society tries to define us by our past, God points to our future. It's particularly difficult when our reputation has been tarnished by what others have done to us or by what we have done to ourselves. Shame shoves us back behind closed doors and mocks us for dreaming of a different life. But faith pulls us out of our hiding places and propels us into our calling. This kind of faith is based on our belief in a loving, kind God who cares about us. 
Trust me, our story is just getting good. We have a lot more to learn from our fierce girl, Rahab. Not only did she welcome the spies, she lied for them, protected them, and left with them. Rahab knew she was meant for more, and so are you. If she could rise above her past, so can we. If she could crush her fear, so can we. And if she could stand up against the depravity of her culture and dare to stand up for God, so can we. Thank you so much for listening to Fearless Fridays. I hope you join me each week for riveting interviews that help us know how to ground our worth in the Word and discover miracles in life's messy moments on the Make Life Matter podcast. Remember that God is fighting for you and your past doesn't have to paralyze your future.